to Prepare to Care, the ARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to their loved ones. I'm Marie Pierre, your host. So often there is a, a group of family members who work together to take care of a parent or loved one. And while we think this is wonderful to have a group of family members to serve as caregivers, it can also be very challenging to deal with family dynamics while trying to make the best decisions for our loved ones, especially when money and love are involved. Um, today we have a very special guest, Dr. Barbara Sunderland Manuso. Um, Barbara is a, a mediator and an arbitrator, and she also trains mediators. Um, she specializes in family dynamics and elder mediation. Um, she's here to provide us with tips on dealing with tricky family problems. Um, she's been doing this for a long time, so she's got a lot of stories uh, that she's going to share with us. Um, and um, so here is um, our podcast on how to deal with tricky family situations coming up on Prepare to Care. So, um, Barbara, may I call you Barbara? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, Barbara, um, we were um, talking um, a, a little bit earlier um, about uh, dealing with tricky family situations. And you shared with me that one, it seems of the most challenging things uh, in your profession is to bring people to the table. That we have various people uh, that are involved in a care situation and there can be lots of different uh, uh, opinions on things. And that's when people come to see you. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Certainly. Uh, one of we, the, the service of having people have the conversation uh, to get together when family members aren't communicating well uh, is wonderful once they get there, but getting them there is difficult. And one of the things that we do do is have the family members contact the other family members that they would like to have the conversation with. And sometimes they do resist. They don't see any point in having the conversation. The option, of course, is, is that the family will end up getting an attorney so it's going to be more costly and it's going to take longer and their outcome is less certain. When we do elder mediation, it's an opportunity for the family to design their own solution. So when people know that the solution is in their own hands, it does help encourage them to come to the table. However, sometimes people don't. But we do get everybody's email address because we do everything with email now. When right. I started 25 years ago, we didn't have that as an option. And so what we do do now, we send out an email to everybody, what they can expect at the elder mediation session. And even to the person who or per, people who say they're not going to attend. And as you can imagine, the first ones that often show up are the people who say, I'm not going, I'm not going to participate but they end up coming when they realize their siblings or other family members are going to be in attendance. So what kind of situation do you deal with? I mean, I know we, we talked about love and money. Like, what are some of the most common situations that people would want to seek mediation for? Well, there are many. Uh, usually, one of the strongest themes that we have is when uh, a family member is a senior and they're aging and they need to make changes in where they live maybe not driving a car anymore, or some other medical decisions. Dementia is 
rearing itself or, or an Alzheimer's where people really need to have some extra care. And family members realize that that's an opportunity that they need to have a conversation. Or the opportunity is that uh, they have distrust in one of their siblings mm. who has been taking care of the senior for ages. And all of a sudden, and I think I used an example earlier about 50 years, you know, the brother-in-law has been doing, he's a CPA, he does the taxes, and all of a sudden now uh, one of the, the, the siblings feels that perhaps, well, maybe they're taking more money and maybe my share is not going to be distributed. Because people and families often build their retirement plans on when somebody dies, not if they die. We know everybody's going to die. Right. And, and they want to make sure they get their fair share, whatever that might be. So I guess, you know, within the family, a lot of us might think, oh, I'll just go talk to my brother or my sister or my cousin and we'll get it resolved. And, and your reality is maybe there's an advantage in, in bringing in an outsider. Well, it's, some families do talk to each other. Um, but I will tell you the best of families and education level has nothing to do with it. Um, nor does their uh, 10 times a year for holidays getting together where everybody sings kumbaya. All of a sudden when there is a pot of gold at the end of mm. the rainbow, uh, the conversation shifts. Or people are too embarrassed to say what they really want to say directly to somebody. They don't want to look like they're being um, predatory right. or that they are accusing somebody of of not doing something correct because they are friends and they are family. And um, so the conversation by bringing in a mediator or a professional person who has a skilled set and a skill base set and helps also keep the dialogue in reality. Right. Not where I think, I thought, uh, perhaps it could be, or I'll do this tomorrow. No, the mediator puts a reality and a framework on the conversation so that at the end of the conversation, uh, it's objective, um, it's reality-based, and there is an absolute plan. And the document is called a mediated settlement agreement. And that is a real contract. So then if the family members decide to take a left or a right from what they thought was going to go forth, uh, then they have a breach of contract, and you have a, a more clear-cut legal basis uh, than you could take an action if you wanted to. So mediation for families is very, very important. It's very, very strong, and saves the family money. It saves the family time, and it just brings every family should do it, whether they seem to have a discommunication or not, or miscommunication. So, so educate me a little bit here. And mediation, do people actually sit all together around yes, a table? Or sometimes they're in different rooms and you go between them? Or What's like the mechanics of okay, it? Okay, wonderful. That's a perfect question. The mechanics are we keep everybody in one room. And in Texas, not around the rest of the world, and I I lecture a lot around the world. I okay. was just in Bangkok and Shanghai and okay. India, trained, at the law, trained lawyers at the law school there. And we keep everybody at one table the op because the what we're doing is helping them build communication skills. And what happens in Texas sometimes, because there are mediators that don't have skill, they put people in separate rooms and they run between the rooms. Mm -hmm. But that's not transparent. You don't know, is that the mediator suggesting this? Is that the other side suggesting this? We keep people together. We help them and show them how to have 
communication with each other and talk to each other. Because the skill set that we work with in the elder mediation is something they can take away with them as well. So it's really it's really a process. I guess you have a process, a process. Working, so everybody gets to be heard. Everybody. And everybody hears what the other party has to say. Exactly. When we start, we say, who would like to listen? Mm. Oh, listen. But everybody expects you to say, who's going to speak? I see. So we say, who's going to listen first? And everybody does say... They know the topic because they know why they're there. Right. Um, and so that they'll talk to those points. But very often what we find is it's nothing to do with what they're there for. There's other hidden issues that are under the table. And if they're not there to communicate with each other, those will never emerge. So so in the process of mediation, you say that, that it seems to be a role that people think they're coming maybe to talk about that's taxes or whatever. And it's true and it's the first thing. But then generally in the process, you uncover like multiple layers. Really what's happened. Really what's happened. Really what's going on. And so people feel fresh and they feel better about it. And usually what happens when people feel finish one of our elder mediation um, sessions uh, and who have not wanted to come in, these are the, the resistant person, they'll walk over and they go, this was good. I didn't expect it to be like this. Thank you. And then we send out a questionnaire after, you know, would you recommend it? They go, yes. So... It's not, um, and, and, and you, you mentioned to me, uh, you know, before we, we take this show that, um, that sometimes you guys touch on very delicate issues like yes. elder abuse. Yes. That, that is surprisingly, do how does that come up? Is it like one party suspects abuse or is it something that's unspoken or, you know, how does that ever emerge? All of the above that you just said. Interesting. Um, it's, it's sometimes that's what somebody is suspecting. I had one case that I never met any of the people. I only talked to them on the phone. And uh, one, the daughter was in Florida. The two sons were in New Jersey. The mother was a very wealthy um, uh, realtor. And she was making a lot of money. And so one of the sons decided to move into her house because she was in her 80s. And a little dementia was setting in. And he brought his girlfriend with him. Uh, they were living in this grand house. And, um, of course, he had a business that he needed to get financed, so he was taking some money from her. So it was just reeking with abuse. And I talked to two of, two of the um, siblings, the, the, the daughter that called originally and one of the brothers, um, not to this man. But anyway, after we had conversations with each of them, uh, it, and this was revealed, that's elder abuse. Hmm. When somebody's got their hand in, in somebody's pocket, uh, either they're making them feel a little bit guilty, even though they're saying, yes, I'll give you the money, uh, but they could be playing on their mental capacity. They could be playing on their feelings of guilt. They could be playing on, a, it's, it's elder abuse. So, and and we, we called, I, I called the uh, New Jersey uh, adult guardianship okay. and had a, a adult a protective service go in. And in fact, there was elder abuse going on and it was worse than even the uh, one of the son's or the, the, the daughter who had called me knew, and they got the guy out of the house. That was part of the, the deal, but it was done by the the authorities. I understand. So you, you would not yourself investigate no, I can't. The, the conversation. No. But this is something that comes up in the process or may come up in the process. Right. So, and I'm know, responsible to take action. To take and action. I, and, and, uh, and when adult protective services go in, they, they can assess what's going on. Um, and it's often financial abuse. Or somebody gets a boyfriend. Right. 
Um, let, let's um, it's let's a family member. Yeah, let's get back to the communication. And I mean, obviously, at the core of your business is to reestablish or sometimes establish communication within the family. Um, what kind of dynamics do you see about communication and communication breakdown when you know somebody suddenly needs care or somebody's not the person that they used to be? Uh, well, are, are you referring to the person, the senior, or are you referring to their children? Maybe both. It's just well, like it's often both. both. Yeah. It's often both. Uh, whenever possible, we like to have the senior, if the conversation's about the senior, we want the senior to be present. Okay. Because uh, even if they have a limited capacity, it's still their life. And it's better when their children are there with them so they have, uh, everybody's on the same page. And that's why we don't do what we call shuttle diplomacy or negotiated settlement. We do actual mediation where the, everybody's together. Not that we don't maybe caucus and meet with people separately for reality checking, but we bring them back together so they can continue their conversation. So when we're doing communication, uh, that that's what we're looking for. I, I, we, part of my professional skills is to assess what type of communication skills these this family needs, whether it's for the senior or for their children. And some of it, um, sometimes we have them, before they get to the mediation, provide me with talking points. They can mm -hmm. do it in their pajamas and, and tell me tell me what their, what, what their hope, what the situation is by their perception and what they're hoping to get out of the conversation when they do come into mediation. And I don't hold anybody to those talking points. That's just their opportunity to vent. So it's fluid. As it's the very conversation fluid. Goes. And then they have that opportunity to go around again. And very often, with again, what they come in with, that's not how they leave. The, the, the mediated settlement agreement is based on something else that was really the underlying factor. And that's why everybody together and communicating, eyeballing each other, that's, that's a strength with a mediator. So you have a framework. You have a professional person in the room. You're not just going to be going back to how you interacted when you were 11 years old. Right. Which the families do that. The mm. kids, the siblings in the family, whether you realize it or not, however you interacted with your family when you were 11, when you're 60 and 70 years old, the children of the senior, you, you fall back into your into position and, and how you interacted with your siblings when you were 11. So, so part of, of the job as mediation is to kind of like uh, redirect those patterns or break them and Re set up a brand new fresh framework for absolutely. everybody to talk. And, and sometimes some of the children in the family don't even know what their siblings do for a living. They, okay. they don't really know that they are on 10 boards and that, you know, they're well recognized in their community. They might not live in town. They might live in some other state or some other area. And so sometimes people go, oh, I have a new respect for you. I didn't. I didn't know you did that. I didn't know you were so cool and such an right. adult, right? You're somebody I'd actually even like. Right. <laughs> um, so, so let me ask you. I, I think you know. I think you have a very good point here. Is that we have this idea of somebody in our family because we've grown up with them. We don't know them as a professional level. Suddenly, this conflict things kind of go down the drain. What do you think? How how can people recognize that it's time to act? time to maybe seek mediation? Which what, what are the warning signs? That's a good question. Uh, warning signs are when they feel that something feels sour with mm. a family. A decision has to be made. The car keys need to be taken away from somebody. Um, they need to, they're not bathing. 
the house isn't looking right. Uh, but the family, somebody in the family saying, oh, everything's fine. And somebody else going, you know, no, there's 20 cobwebs. This looks like a Halloween den. Mm -hmm. The house isn't clean. So something's off. They can't see. They can't see to clean. So they think the house. So people that are sharp in a family, uh, that's, that's when they call. Or I get a call from Adult Protective Services call me and say, we have a family that needs a conversation. Or a nursing home might call and say, this family is not recognizing what's going on. Would you have a conversation with them? Would, would you ha offer the mediation? So Minuso Mediation does just that. We step in, we bring everybody together, and it's usually about a three to four hour conversation. Okay. When the, the session is, it's not, it's not quick. Uh, and it takes time it to takes some time, all of that. And then we might meet with people individually before they come in as a group. I might meet with a senior before the kids come in. Um, possible. Sometimes I go to their house. Sometimes they come to the office. Again, that's different than other business settings where they only come to your business. Sometimes that's not comfortable. Or I go to the assisted living or the nursing home. So, so we're flexible in how we um, convene the group as well. Um, so sometimes like, uh, you know, in family situation, people get very angry and they say, oh, I'm going to sue you. Mm -hmm. They can. What is, what is, yeah, they can. They can. And in your opinion, what, what's the advantage of, of trying mediation versus going directly to, I'm going to get an attorney and sue, you know, my brother because I think he's doing blah, blah, blah. And they can do that. How much money do they have? Hmm. Do they have more money than cents? How long is the senior going to be alive if the senior has to be part of the conversation? Uh, the lawsuit can take six months, a year. Um, you're going to, an attorney is going to be about $600 an hour on average in Houston. And you're going to have quite a few hours. So you're talking thousands of dollars. How much money is at stake? And how much is your pride? Just to make your point, how much is that worth to you? Um, and, and chances are they're not going to get any further. Everything that goes to a court goes back to mediation anyway. Interesting. Everything that goes to 99.9% .9 of cases and across the board, civil cases, family cases, divorce, they come back to mediation anyway. So just start with mediation. You don't need to have an attorney. And we'll provide you with resources and other people. If you say to me that you need to have a senior, you know, you need to have a, an overview of uh, mental health programs, well, I'll provide it also at our mediation. I'll bring a geriatric care manager. So we'll provide with the proper skills and the proper people within the conversation so everybody can find out the information at once. There's, there's no, well, he said, she said, you're not playing the game of gossip where things get lost. Thank you. I think that was a really nice summary of what mediation is about. So folks, uh, if you're listening today, we've been talking with Dr. Barbara Sunderland Menuso from Menuso Mediation. She's given up some really good advice on how to work through some tough family mind dynamics. Um, to find out more information about mediation and to learn more about Dr. Manuso, there are two ways to find out about her. One is on the UT Consortium on Aging website, and second is on our own website at www.manuso.us. Manuso is spelled M-A-N-O-U-S-S-O. Um, if you think this podcast has been helpful to you and your family, I'm asking you to share it with your friends. Uh, you can also listen to it again and again on those long road trips this summer. 
Um, if you want more tips on how to deal with tough family situations, please visit the Prepare to Care podcast uh, page. Um, you can find it. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also find it on the AARP website at www.aarp.org/houstonptc. So thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.